Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. Well, this morning we are in part four of a series that we're simply calling Made to Worship. In and through this series, we're taking the time to really discover who God has called us to be and what worship really looks like. We discovered that in the book of John, it says that God is looking for those that will worship in spirit and in truth. God's not looking for worship. He's looking for people like you and I that are willing to spend that time on a regular basis, on a daily basis, giving God praise, giving God glory, giving God honor, even when we don't feel like it. Come on. Have you ever had one of those moments you just don't feel like worshiping? Yeah. Every one of us in the room, if we were honest with ourselves today, if we were honest with God today, we'll say, yeah, there have been moments, there have been times in my life when situations and circumstance arose and it really didn't set the atmosphere that I wanted for worship. See, when we come in on a Sunday morning, we got the worship team playing. They're all excited up here, and that helps to set the atmosphere for worship. But what happens when the bottom falls out of the boats on Monday morning? What happens when when we begin to struggle on Tuesday morning? What happens when we have that altercation at work on Wednesday morning? What happens when everything seems to fall apart on Thursday and Friday and Saturday? What do we do then? Do we worship God or we just sit back and say, you know what, I just don't feel like it today? See, I want to look at two guys today that have found themselves in a place just like that, in a moment a time where the atmosphere didn't seem like the correct atmosphere for worship. Let me read a, a quote to you. Here's what we have to understand. Worship enables you to find something right to praise God about even when everything seems to be going wrong. Come on, look at that. Worship enables you to find something right to praise God about, even when everything seems to be going wrong. I think it's ironic that this morning I'm preaching on this, and last night I barely slept. I couldn't sleep laying down. I couldn't sleep propped up. I couldn't sleep on the chair. I couldn't sleep with my feet up. I couldn't sleep with my feet down. I came in this morning, I'm hacking and coughing and sinuses, all of these things going on. I find it interesting that, that in this moment, I, I have a choice to make. Am I just going to throw in the towel? Am I going to say, you know what? I don't feel like worshiping today. I don't feel like stepping into God's presence today. I don't feel like dealing with worship today. Or am I going to embrace the one who loves me despite me? Am I going to embrace the one who cares for me despite the situation that I'm in? Am I going to take the time to give God the praise that he deserves? See, worship has the opportunity to help us discover something right to praise God about, even when everything else is going wrong. It's having a new 
perspective. It's refocusing on the fact that 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross paying a penalty for my sin and for your sin. It's refocusing on the fact that God loves me when I least expect it. It's relying on the fact that God loves me when I least deserve it. Worship is refocusing on the fundamentals of the faith. It's taking that moment to begin to restore the joy of our salvation. Is it always easy? No. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to face opposition. Sometimes it's going to be a little difficult. But in those moments, you have a choice to make. Will you allow the circumstance to overwhelm you, or will you focus in on God and allow God to change you? You see, that's the choice that we have to make. Worship is based on the character of who God is and our passion and our desire for more and more of him. It's pastor and author Clint uh, Clint Brown in the book Judah Nation that once made this statement. Praise can change the atmosphere of what the enemy is trying to do in your life. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Praise can, it doesn't say it will, it says it can, because sometimes we get in the way and we mess up what it can do. Come on. Praise can change the atmosphere of what the enemy is trying to do in your life. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Two guys, one by the name of Paul, one by the name of Silas. These guys were doing everything right. They were heading to a time of prayer. They had done the same routine day after day. And we read in Acts chapter 16, it says, One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of them shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. Now, we look at this, and we're thinking, wow, she was really helping them. She was being another voice. She was helping to get the word out, but pinmark that just for a moment. Let's see what happens. This went on day after day, until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and drugged them before the authorities in the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal to us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, 
and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown in prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Now, here's what I want you to see what's happening. Paul and Silas had a moment. They had a choice to make in that moment. As they have been beaten, as they they have been mistreated, now thrown into the inner dungeon, I would venture to say that wasn't the greatest environment. Their feet were placed in stocks. They were clamped there. And now they have a choice to make. What are they going to do? The Bible says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prisoners' uh, prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Say every prisoner. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. The chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell and trembled before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he said to them or asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved. For the next few moments, I want to share with you four very simple observations that we see occurring in this moment, this choice that Paul and Silas had to make. Number one is this. As we move forward in this life of worship, we must keep focused on the task. How of you know there's a lot of distractions out there? Come on, anybody else? There's a lot of distractions out there. There are things that are biting for your attention. There are things that are biting for your time. You have a choice to make. And here we see through Paul and Silas, we must keep focused on the task. Verse 18 says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Now, it would be easy for us on this side of the story to look at this situation and say, you know what, I don't think they stayed focused. I mean, all she was doing was trying to share the good news. All she was trying to do was help people to know what Paul and Silas were doing. She was just being another voice for them. They didn't stay focused. Now, I'll admit They got a little aggravated. This had gone on day after day after day. But here's what I find interesting. Even in this moment of aggravation, they brought it all back to this relationship with Jesus. Look how they responded. In the name of Jesus Christ. They brought it back. They brought the focus back around 
to Jesus. Why? Because they walked with him every day. He was a vital part and is a vital part of their lives. They didn't want the message of Jesus to be skewed by Satan. Come on, how have you know Satan has this habit of throwing a little bit of truth in there every now and again to try to get you to believe the story that's going on over here. And just when you begin to step in and believe the story that's going on over here, suddenly he derails you. He throws a lie in there and more lies in there and more lies in there. But you're thinking to yourself, but he told me the truth before. How can this be a lie? He told me the truth over here. How can this be a lie? He told me the truth in this moment. And why would he deceive me now? Because that's what he does. The Bible says not only is he a liar, but he is the father of lies. Paul understood this. Silas understood this. And they didn't want the message of Jesus Christ to be tainted by the lies of the enemy. They didn't want a little bit of truth to be mixed with a little bit of a lie and try to deceive the people. So in that moment, they had a choice to make. They would stay focused, but they would rebuke the work of the enemy. See, when you're going through a battle, you have a choice to make. Will you choose to move your attention to God? Or are you going to be distracted by the noise around you? The Bible says day after day, she yelled as she followed Paul and Silas. They could have been distracted in that moment, but they chose to follow after the things of God to, to bring the attention back to him. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know that I want to worship God. Do I have to worship God in those moments? Truth be told, no. But you don't have to breathe either. But it's the breath that we take that gives us life. It's the praise that we offer that brings in the life. Come on, you guys are quiet today. It's the breath that we breathe. It's his breath in our lungs. And when we begin to give him that praise, when we begin to set the focus upon him, we begin to lift him up and honor him. In that moment, he shifts and changes the atmosphere that we're in. He takes the moment of frustration, the moment of difficulty, and suddenly he places his hope and his peace and his restoration in the midst of the struggles of our lives. It's your breath that brings life in the difficult times. You see, it wasn't the presence of Paul and Silas that changed that moment. It wasn't the presence of Paul and Silas's friends and companions that changed that moment. But it was the presence of Jesus Christ that they carried in their hearts and proclaimed with their mouths. They stood on the authority that they have in Christ. I'm going to challenge you today. Would you keep your focus? Even when the enemy throws things your direction to derail you, would you keep your focus? The second observation that I see here is this. Not everyone will understand your praise. Well, Pastor, didn't you already tell us that a time or two in this series? Yes, but sometimes we need to hear things more than once because it doesn't quite sink in. Come on, anybody else have a thick noggin? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We need to hear things a few times. Women, ladies, that's why we need you to tell us to take the trash out five times. We got this thick noggin going on here. So I'm sharing this with you again today to help you understand that people will not always understand or even appreciate your heart or connection with God. That's where Paul and Silas found themselves. Verse 20 of Acts chapter 16, this accusation that was raised up against them was this. The whole city is in uproar because of these Jews. Have you ever heard somebody that's a little aggravated with you? And they'll say, well, everybody is saying, well, everybody thinks that you're wrong. Everybody, you know who everybody is? It's themselves and probably their spouse sitting at the kitchen table. Truth be told. But there were a few people in the city that day that began to raise up a noise against these two faithful men of God. They began to stir issues for them. And before you know it, they had the community in an upheaval against them. Wrap yourselves around this today. Your role with Jesus is to be a light for him, to be a witness for him, to give him praise. There will be moments of opposition. How do I know that? Because Jesus himself said this. He said, people will hate you because of me. That doesn't make sense, does it? Why would someone hate you because of a loving God? Because the world doesn't understand grace. The world doesn't understand forgiveness. The world doesn't understand mercy. So it's our responsibility to be a light for him in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos of life. Yes, there will be moments of opposition. Why? Because things done in the dark don't like to be revealed in the light. You don't believe that? Ask any roach. They'll tell you. Have you ever been in a room, you turn the lights on, and it suddenly scatters? Yeah, scary place to be. Not everyone's going to understand the love of Jesus. Not everyone's going to receive his grace. Not everyone's going to figure out his forgiveness. But we must remain focused on him. He must be the center of all that we do. But ultimately, what's in your heart will make its way to the outer manifestation. Let me say that again. Even amongst the chaos, even amongst the opposition, even amongst the difficulties of life, what's on the inside of who you are when you're pressed, come on, what happens when you begin to press grapes? The juice begins to flow. You don't get more skin of the grape. You get more juice of the grape. In your life, in my life today, when we're pressed on the outside, when we come up face-to-face with that opposition in life, and suddenly the pressures around begin to press in on us, what's happening on the inside of who we are soon finds its way to the outside. I wonder, what is that going to be in your life? Is it going to be a reflection that honors and praises and glorifies God? Or are you going to allow the chaos of the moment to derail you and take you off course? Our third observation is this. In the midst of 
chaos, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of the struggles of life, you get to choose your weapon. Come on, that's good news. You have a choice to make. Paul and Silas have been arrested for casting out this demon in a young lady. They were drugged before the authorities. A mob rose up against them. They were stripped of their clothes. They were beaten with rods. They were placed in prison. Their feet were placed in stocks. How would you have responded in that moment? Truth be told, many of us would have had the biggest pity party of our life. We would have started asking questions. God, why is this happening to me? This isn't fair. I didn't do anything wrong. I cast out a demon. We set that girl free in that moment. We're just here to share the good news of Jesus. We're here to help people come to know you. And now we find ourselves beaten and bruised and bloody and thrown in the inner dungeon and our feet in stocks. This just doesn't make sense. It's just not fair. That's what we would have done. Right? Come on, any, anybody else? Come on, somebody, somebody go on my side. We would have probably had a pity party, right? But there's another choice. Paul and Silas chose another way. The Bible says in verse 25 that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They could have allowed the external pain, they could have allowed the discomfort of life to derail them. They could have reverted back to a complaint system. They could have settled into a victim mentality, come on somebody. But in this moment of external difficulty, Paul and Silas chose a weapon of praise. Come on, did you know that's one of the greatest weapons that is offered in your arsenal? It's, it's a weapon of praise. It's, it's an opportunity to change the situation around you. It's an opportunity to change the atmosphere that surrounds you. It's an opportunity for you to allow what's on the inside of your life to be manifested to the outside of your life. It's an opportunity for you to represent Jesus at a greater capacity in a greater way to a world that hasn't, hasn't figured out who God is, to a world who has gone so many other directions away from the things of God, that in this moment, did you know that they're watching you? I'd venture to say that in that inner dungeon that day, there were other prisoners there. Perhaps there were murderers. Perhaps there were thieves. The list goes on and on, but here they are. They know who Paul and Silas are. They have heard the last several days as this young fortune-telling girl have been declaring these men are here to tell you how to be saved, and now they're watching. How will they respond when they're squeezed? How will they respond when the pressures of life come against them? You see, in the midst of our hopelessness, praise can orient us to recognize our eternal hope in Jesus. Here's what you've got to understand. Worship is a choice. Will you choose to pick up the weapon of praise 
in the midst of the chaos of life. Now remember, the Bible says that the words that are in our mouth are the ones that guide our life. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. But an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your hearts. What's it look like when you get pressed? What's it look like when you face the opposition? See, you have a choice. You have a choice of what weapon you will pick up. The Bible says, praise the Lord at all times. His praise will continuously be upon my lips. That's in the moment when things are going great. That's in the moment when we're driving to church and we're expecting and believing great things. That's in the moment when the world begins to press upon us on Monday morning. We hold on to that truth. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will continuously be upon my lips. Paul and Silas chose to give God praise. The message paraphrase said that they sang a robust hymn. In other words, with all that is in them, they began to give God praise. They began to sing the psalms. But notice something here. All of the praise, this weapon that they chose, all of this took place before the release. Come on, come on. All of this took place in the midst of the hurts. All of this took place in the midst of the struggle. I would venture to say there were a few of the prisoners that were saying things like this. Would you just be quiet? Why are you praising God in this moment? I remember my first Christmas here, um, several of us went Christmas caroling. Now, Christmas caroling, you think that's, the, that's a joyous time, right? That's where you go around, you sing Christmas carols, and people pass out cookies, and you're drinking a punch and eating cookies and singing, and it's, it's a great time. But we went to a nursing home here in town, and we began to sing probably Joy to the World or Hark the Herald Angels Sing or something like that. And, and as we're in the midst of this great Christmas song spreading cheer and joy and excitement and the Christmas season, the Christmas spirit to everyone, for everyone to hear, suddenly from down the hallway we hear this. Ah, shut up. I'd venture to say that Paul and Silas probably experienced that as well. But they had a choice where they choose the weapon of praise. You must come to a place that you realize that the battle around you is no match for the victory within you. Some of you need to write that down and take a picture of that this morning. You must come to the place that you realize that the battle around you is no match for the victory within you. How do I know that? Because the Bible says the greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Come on, greater is he 
that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Some of you have been battling with, toying with, flirting with, hanging out with all the chaos of life, and you failed to allow all that God is to penetrate who you are. But I'm here to tell you that the victory that God has for you is, is greater than the struggle on the outside. Observation number four. I love this one. God gets to choose your victory. You get to choose the weapon, but God gets to choose the victory. Here's a part of the story that I love. More than anything else, normally when you hear this story, we really highlight the moment where their prisoners are set free and everybody leaves and we celebrate that moment. But I think there's a little bit more to the story than just every prisoner being set free. In the midst of this terrible surrounding, amidst the terrible conditions, Paul and Silas began to sing a song of praise. And in that moment, God shows up. God chooses their victory. While they were worshiping, suddenly everyone's chain was loose. Every prisoner was set free. That's a celebration moment. Verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The Bible says that everyone was set free. Why did this happen? Why was everyone set free? Why wasn't just Paul and Silas set free? See, when you choose the weapon of praise, it sets the environments around you. I can just see the prisoners around them beginning to listen to the songs of these two beaten, bruised, and bloody Christians. The peace of God begins to fill the room. The joy of the Lord begins to refresh the broken heart and begins to put the pieces together of those that have been shattered in life. And there are two results that we see. Number one, their praise, Paul and Silas's praise, affected everyone around. The earthquake shook the ground shook. Everyone's chains fell off. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. You see, when we step out of ourself and we begin to focus in upon God, we suddenly catch the attention of heaven. But what I find super interesting here is the fact that not only were Paul and Silas affected by God's glory, but every prisoner within earshot was set free. Second Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, say it with me, freedom. When you change the environments around you, in the midst of being squeezed by society, if we will tap into this place of praise, choose the weapon of praise, We have the opportunity to allow what's in us, the Spirit of God, to radically change the culture around us. I wonder, are you allowing the Spirit of God to resonate with you and change the environment around you? You see, when God shows up, things begin to happen. Again, in the book, Judah Nation, Pastor Clint Brown said this, 
It is vital that you realize that your praise is not just for your own benefits. Did you know that? Your moments of praise aren't just for your benefit. Your praise can reach the soul of somebody else who doesn't know anything about Jesus. They're watching. They're watching to see how you're going to respond when you've been beaten physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. They're watching how are you going to respond when the mob rises against you. See, Paul and Silas's praise affected everyone around, but it wasn't just the other prisoners. The second point is this, the jailer called for the lights. And I began to process this idea. It says, the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I don't think that the jailer knew what he was calling for when he called for the lights. See, in his mind, he was asking somebody to light the torch, to illuminate the surroundings so that he could see what was going on. But I want you to know that when God shows up, When God steps into your situation, he brings a light that will penetrate the darkness. Psalm chapter 57 says this, Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Could it be that that night around midnight, when these two evangelists were praising, the ground began to shake. Chains fell off. The jailer calls for the lights. Could it be that in that moment, God saw an opportunity to shine his lights in the midst of the dark? that this jailer had experienced in life. Could it be that that God in that moment pointed out and singled out that jailer? Look at his response. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was watching when the pressure got tight. He was watching what began to flow out of Paul and Silas. And he says, what must I do to be saved? Some of you are facing situations that are dark today. You're facing situations without lights, without hope, without the foundation of God. Can I encourage you today, would you let God's glory shine in your life? Would you allow God's presence to change the environment in which you reside? Would you call upon Him? Because we were created not just to give God lip service. We were created not just to go through routines and tradition. 
But we were created to be a people of praise. So I'm going to challenge you today. Would you choose in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the hurts, would you choose the weapon of praise? I promise you, if you do, God's going to show up. And he's going to shine his light right in the midst of the chaos. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. But we got to choose the weapon. Would you pray with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.